Hey everybody, welcome <laughs> to the Sex Actually podcast. Your Yay. host Dave Neal with Tasha Courtney. Hello. Ale of Venezuela. I like that. Anna Venezuela. I see. Yeah. I, I think I got it the first time and then I fucked up. Anna Venezuela. Yeah. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? This is a big high profile guest we have here Ooh. today. Oh. From Comedy Central's The Roast Battle. The Roast Battle. The uh, season two. Celebrity here. How, oh, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, I uh, just came from the boyfriend's house, and I'm just, I'm just living my life, doing my thing. Doing He's sick, so you're nursing him. Women love when yeah. their boyfriends are sick. No, it's a way. Nobody to likes that. Yeah, because boys are way whinier than like seriously. Yeah. It would be easier to take care of like a two-year-old child than it would to be taken care of. A yeah. Grown man. Well, but then women, you feel like you have a purpose when you're like, oh, can I get you some ginger ale or something? I don't know. I haven't been sick. The only time I got sick, Tasha was, she wouldn't get out of bed. She was like, are you okay? I feel like like, everyone I've worked with this week is sick. And I'm just like holding my breath at every job and trying not to touch anything. LA's had a cold for two months. It's gross. I don't, I don't buy it. Even when I am sick, I just don't admit to it. I don't want, I don't want to feel sick. If I, I just want to get over it. It takes a while. Mind over matter. It takes a while for me to be like, all right, I'm fucked up. Like to really. You See, know what I mean? how many, I, I work in a women's sober living is my day job. And so I'm around people with no immune system and they are sick constantly. Ugh, so I like had, working with kindergartners. I've had all the colds. Now we, <laughs> so. so before we got into the podcast, we were talking quickly about which a, which, um, 12 step program we had done. Yeah. And you had, what's so funny is that I mentioned I had gone to codependence anonymous and you immediately just shamed me. You were like, oh! I wasn't shaming you. I was just, here's the thing. I, I have a friend who worked the steps in one 12-step program, like an AANA sort of 12-step program. And then she was, and she was 15 when she did that. And then she turned around and worked the steps in CODA. And talking to her is like talking to a two-ton gorilla. She has ironclad boundaries. She'll judo flip anybody at any time. And she just doesn't even, she doesn't even mean to do it. She just means, she only says what she means to say. And she won't let anybody ascribe meaning to what she's saying other than the meeting she intends. Well, that sounds actually like a great way to live your life. And maybe the world would be better off if everybody just said exactly what they meant to say and wouldn't allow anyone to interpret it any differently. If Tasha would just say what she meant to say, we would solve all of our issues. Oh, please stop it. I always say what I mean. Instead, it's like, all right, I hear what you're saying. What's the mood? What's happening? What are you feeling? I I showed up with In-N-Out Burger the other night. Okay. Just a peace treaty. We weren't even in a fight. That was just my way of saying this will buy me seventy two hours. You can't be. You can't. Do you, you guys can't. fight a lot? No, no. I mean, no, I think it's a lot better. It's a oh, lot better. Okay. It's it was. It's always we sort of we get snappy. Yeah, we. Get I don't snap, think we. I don't think we really fight much about anything seriously. But we. Do you and your boyfriend fight? Well, no, not really, not yet. Uh, we. Psychos. How long have you guys been together? We're at three plus. Three or, years, or just about three, yeah. Yeah, me and the dude have been together for like six months, so we're not still sort of in that like yeah. temper your mood phase. And you're, both, yeah. and you're both of similar professions. You both are are hilarious and very nice stand up comedians. Oh, like I you. know him uh, more. I don't know you at all, really. I mean, we don't know you yeah, at all. Yeah, we're getting to know yeah, each other is, right now. Is, and by the way, so this is like episode two hundred five. I have I know everyone's sex life. 
who's lives what? In, right you like slowly start to i mean what people are comfortable sharing but it's it's interesting because i always want to get when i this is my sandbox if i yeah. want to get to know somebody I'm like hey come on the podcast and we're talking and it's kind of weird because like we're adults yeah. but you need like in you our need industry to, uh, thing. this is like if, like if we didn't record it it didn't happen we're not friends but uh but your and boyfriend's super sweet it's the nicest guy the nicest human in the on planet earth if you if you met him you'd just be like oh that's it he would feel immediately comfortable and safe who found who uh, we, well, I started coming around, uh, the comedy store before I was a comedian <laughs> and, um, he was just one of those door guys that was there, just a nice dude. And, uh, again, felt safe around, which at the comedy store is a rare feeling because it, because it can feel like a place that it's, it feels dangerous. It's fun, but yeah. it feels dangerous. Like everyone's vetted. Like even the door guys and the guys who park the cars, they have to be like passed on talent. Like yes. You have to be like funny. You have to be like a. You have to be coming, extremely funny. Yeah, it's like a big mm-hmm. deal to get those types of jobs. But it's also smart for him because he gets to meet everybody right. just by having the the kind of signage on his shirt. Like I'm part of this. I, I equate it to it's like being part of the Night's Watch or the King's Guard in Game of Thrones. Like he's just, he's part of a, a, a club, like an elite club. Yeah. Right. It is the hottest club, which I I hate to admit because I'm not like performing there often you know what i mean it's, it's like hard to but do. if i if i was on the wall i'd be like this is the best but instead like, i'm like Meh, i want to be part of that <laughs> it's uh so i would come around there and he would just sort of uh he was just always really nice and then i started doing stand-up and he was just around and he would kind of he's the funniest person in the back of the room at a mic especially a, a mic that's not going well so like Let's say the improv on a Sunday at 1245 when all the hope has left the building because <laughs> they know the booker's gone and now everybody's just sad and tired. And he would just look, crack little jokes back there. Yeah. And one day I just looked at him and I said, hey, you know what? Do you want to go get pancakes? And it wasn't there was no sexual intent behind it because I had sort of reached a point in my life where comedy because when you first start doing stand up men especially male comics have a lot of opinions about whether or not you should get into a relationship what kind of person you should get into a relationship with whether or not you're ever going to have kids depending on your age i'm in my 30s they were like oh so you're just never going to have these things in your life and i kind of resigned myself because it is really hard to date but what but yeah major projections going on major projections you know and and what but a a friend of mine uh keith carey who should you should totally have on here he's amazing i know i need to i haven't i i would love to i don't really know him that well He's one of those guys that I'm nervous to like even like talk to because I'm not friends with him. Guys, it's hard for guys to make friends. Like I've got my clique and there's certain comics that like know everybody. I know them too, but maybe they think I'm an asshole because I don't talk to them because I don't think of myself as like one of the cool guys. I'm just as weird as everyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think everybody, comedy is a bunch of weird people who all think that they're the weirdest in the room. They think they're, they're the one. Yeah. Cause they have all, been their whole life. Yeah. If for some reason or another, we've always been like, just yeah. a little bit stranger than the group. I had no idea why I couldn't fit in at a regular job. I just thought that maybe I wasn't meant for indoors or that <laughs> I was allergic to cubicles or whatever. I, I just, I couldn't figure it out and started doing comedy and I was like, Oh, this is the thing I should have been doing my whole life. Yeah. This is amazing. And, and what, where, so what drove you to get on stage the first time? Well, was, was friends telling you you're funny or, or just inside. I had a job. I I'd, I'd worked in drug and alcohol treatment for a really long time. And I had a job, um, where I lost, I, I started like parlayed that into working with people with autism and it was so much fun because it was adults. And speaking of knowing people's sex life, these were young men that had never, mostly young men. We had at one point 28 folks 
three of them were women. And so... Uh, Why do you think that is? It's a higher rate in men for diagnosis. So... Uh, so they were, these guys were super sweet and they were away from home for the first time. So I'd have to knock on the door, make sure they're eating, make sure they're taking their meds and they're just, you know, jerking off in the middle of the room. Uh, I've seen, you mean like you would walk in and they were, or were they they trying to at least cover it up? Some, not all. Some of them would just be like, Hey, I'm busy right now. You should have called. And I'd be like, you're naked. Okay, cool. Um, so they're kind of exploring themselves. You can't shame a person for having a sex life because yeah. they're allowed they're they're living on their own for the first time in their whole life it must be hard because men are supposed to be the and ones it's natural it's supernatural it's natural. but it's men a- are supposed to be the ones who like break the ice with girls and this and that and that's gonna be so tough if like if you're in that sort of state of mind where yeah it's a little harder i feel like women can be like not good at talking to somebody but a guy's still gonna want to go up to her at a bar like women yeah. no offense you guys just have to show up sometimes it's and, true. And there will be like a guy. I mean, you might not get the the quality guy you want, but if you show up to like, I always tell girls like, oh, am I, you know, how can I meet the right type of guy? Go to a place that the guys that go to aren't pieces of shit. Like right. don't go to Wall Street happy hour bar and expect to get anything but a, a rich guy who just wants to fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that, I, it's a very specific thing. That, that's, that Wolf of Wall Street guy? Yeah. Barf. <laughs> Anytime a guy tells me, my favorite movie is Wolf of Wall Street or Casino that or Goodfellas. Yeah. I'm like, take your, take your Scarface um, poster and get out of here. I had a buddy, my buddy Nick, we went to business school together mm-hmm. in Rhode Island and they all, they're all very successful in New York and he's a really good guy, married, but at the time he's single and I've, I've been out with those guys and at the time I was living in New York acting, like making no money, you know, mm-hmm. and, but I was, I was hanging out with these guys that are probably already making a quarter million bucks Crazy. and like, and they're just, they just know that they're just going to dump money on some girl and take her home that night. Gross. And like, that's just, I couldn't physically do that for more than like I, I couldn't even buy a girl a shot without the next morning being like, oh, I really couldn't afford that. Drink. Yeah, so you have to like that? learn how to like talk to people like like you don't have any other sort of like tools, you know. Right, and I don't drink, so oh. I've been I've been clean and sober for fourteen years, and wow. so there's Congrats. no way to just drop game on me that way. You have to have that's something a, to say. But so yeah. so so do guys get? I don't mean turned off, but if that's the guy's strategy, like let me buy you a drink, and you're like, I don't drink. Do guys not know what to do after that? Uh, they usually uh, they'll they'll go to do you want to smoke pot? And I'm like, I don't do that either. And then it turns into oh, do you just uh, well okay? And, they, and then they have to have a conversation. And it usually turns into a long conversation because I like to have a deep conversation with people. And then they feel locked into a thing. And all the pretty girls are walking by and I'm watching <laughs> them sweat because they're realizing it's not going to work. I was once told uh, by Coach T from, from Roast Battle, he was like, I want you curb stomp dudes and you don't even know you're doing it. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, hey, how's it going? I'm just busy being everyone's big sister. And I forget that maybe there's some intent the other thing is in a 12-step capacity i'm used to interacting with men and having them be my peers and not having it be a sexual thing and so walking into comedy where it's sort of especially the comedy stores i call that patio the fuck mosh pit because it's (laughs) is from an anthropology perspective it's fascinating because there's like mating rituals and the comics have games that they're playing and some of them will just tell you like i'm gonna fuck that girl later and they'll just walk around it's just a bunch of ego so bizarre the guys who have something to brag about we'll talk extra loud even Mm. the guys who don't have anything to brag about we'll talk extra loud yeah they're still bragging in their own little level And, and it's like 
girls yeah, that, in skin tight cocktail dresses and the whole. I've been told not to bring Tasha there. You're too pretty. And um, well, yeah. that's not. <laughs> Thank you. No, but I was like, look, if if some other comic can like steal her from me, then that's on me. Like, I'm not worried. If you went there together, they'd respect it. Yeah. They'd respect it. There'd definitely be some guys who are a little like, oh, hi, girl. You know, those swagger kind of guys. I feel like no one ever talks to me when I'm at these things. Bullshit. I'm always so sitting by Bullshit. myself. We, she was taking photo twice. Mark Norman, I told him about this because oh, he yeah. didn't know. Yeah, that's true. I'm on stage and he's hitting on her because she's in the back taking photos. <laughs> so, and, I'm, and I'm cool with that because he didn't know. And then a show we did in what, like Redondo, this guy was trying to get her number. And I'm like 20 feet away, but I'm like putting the stage away. I like brought like this portable <laughs> stage. So like he's literally, what, what did he say to you? I don't remember i do remember the guy in the place that you're talking about but i don't remember what he said he tried to get your info he pretty much point out asked you to go on a date with him which i respected i was like that's actually i'm surprised yeah because usually it's a little more sly especially if you were a comedian everyone in town would have asked you to write right. with them <laughs> and it. i'm such a dumb dumb i'd be like I, I remember one time somebody asked me that and i showed up with a notebook and sat down and i was in sweatpants just like yeah we're writing bro that's what we're doing we're riffing <laughs> that's what got, we're doing you, like got cologne on you're like what are you doing bro? <laughs> what's going why what is, is there that? a candle this that's is exactly weird. <laughs> like, let's go right to you let's go hit some shows to you right. blah, blah, blah. like but that's men use whatever tools they have if like if a guy's an artist he's gonna want to sketch you you know, yes. or if a guy's a photographer, he's going to want to shoot you. Like we're, we're just, all we want is to be able to use what we have to acquire the girl. He, that guy had a decent set that night and he was like, damn, yeah, I'm going to hit on this girl. And he asked you out and, and you know, that was it. And I think, I he, think though I had been taking photos and both of those situations I had been taking photos. So I had like our Canon and the lenses. Nice. And I think that his icebreaker was like, Oh, would you send me those photos here? Let me give you my number. Like, you know, like that was the end. Can you send me the pictures that Not you took? Not my email. That's when you say, well, give me your email yeah. so I can send it to your yeah. Dropbox. And I think that's when he too. was like, oh, I'd you know, that's take you so out sometime. Funny. Which it's, I totally uh, respect because I always like, I understand that you need something to break the ice like something right. in common some way you want to hang out that's not just like going to go get coffee or whatever but um i hate so much when people use they they confuse like work and date like don't ask me to lunch with and i'm right. going to be thinking we're talking about work and you're thinking it's a date like Let i want to know what your intentions yeah, be, are be specific mm-hmm. about what you really where, want like you do take lunches and you do meet people yeah. for projects i'm sure guys that actually have a short film yeah. they want to shoot or like, oh my God, she'd be perfect for it. And you have to weed out, does he want to fuck me? Does he actually think I'm perfect? Does he want to fuck me? But he'll still cast me and he won't fuck me. Like those are things that... <laughs> that is literally the thought process I've had to have a couple of times. Like, I know that guy wants to fuck me, but I want him to book me on his show. <laughs> so how do I like... keep this... How do I keep it like a soft no? <laughs> and, the, and the worst thing you can do is just like not have the courage to say no, but like lead him on and then... And no one wins. And I'm not saying it's the woman's yeah, fault, but like really... it's like a delicate thing to be. But like, when people are not, when nobody's being upfront, that's the situation you find yourself in. Which is why right. I'm always like, no, let's talk about what we really want here. Which yeah. is pancakes. So Pan- you ask him to pan. So like, here's what okay. happened. So kind of what was going on with me is I had way to bring it back around. I like that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it took you... me 18 minutes. <laughs> you had a successful yeah, I did UCB 401. <laughs> so they basically, I had gotten to a point where because I was. Trying trying to date people, just online apps, civilians and stuff. And it's really hard to say, okay, so my day job is on the weekends. Uh, my, my passion job 
is, is at night. At night. How do you feel about a sexy lunch date at 2 p.m.? Because <laughs> I can't wake up before 11 anymore. Uh, how do you feel about that? And that's just really hard to pitch. And somebody, the a comedian kind of, I, and I'll, I'll get back to that story too. A comedian told me I was a comic before I was a comic. And he, kind of along the way, he'll sort of, he's sort of like a fairy, the best worst person in the whole wide world, David Taylor. A little bit of a fairy godfather figure in my life. And he'll, he said to me, these are about to be, a lot of people say don't fuck comics, but understand that these are about to be the only men you know. And sure enough, in about eight months of doing comedy, all the men I knew were comedians. And so here's how I compartmentalize. I will attempt to date because I want to have a well-rounded life. And then I'll have what I like to call sex idiots, just like a couple of people I know. That you keep are, them on rotation. Keep them on rotation. And then the dating part started to get complicated. So then it just turned into, I'm just going to hang out with interesting people that I know it will go nowhere with. Get pancakes in the middle of the night with my buddies. And that's what you wanted from your current boyfriend? That's An literally, interesting person just, that you just assumed... Just I assumed safe... he would never be into me because he's a slight. He's younger than I am. Oh, is he? He's yeah. I'm uh, I'm in my thirties. He's twenty six. He's only twenty six. Yes. That Does makes he me look angry. like? Doesn't he look like a just? He'll, he's going to be perennially like thirty. He's like a young David Letterman. Like when you look at David he looks Letterman, like young Johnny up, Car- Carson for yeah, real. No, you're yeah. right. He does. He really he de- does. He definitely will have a talk show. He, There'll be like a million networks at that point. Have you been to his talk show? It's great. I haven't. I haven't oh, been to so it. Good. Anyway, well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so that's how that happened. And then uh, speaking of his talk show, I a friend of mine who is a huge comedy fan uh, recommended I check it out. And it's so good. It's so good. And he dresses up. He has this whole Johnny Carson it's a live vibe. Show. It's just a live show. Live show. It's with him. And then his roommate tries to ruin the show. His co-host is, tries to be his Don Rickles and just ruin the show the whole time. So, so you saw that and appreciated his art and yeah. all that before. And we just kept hanging out. And then out. it's like, why wouldn't you want to get pancakes with someone who looks like a cool person? Right. But this is important for guys to understand. You're saying it from the organic way that women see it. But guys need to understand that they need to be, be creative in their own way. They need yeah. to be not somebody else. Don't be a rock. Don't be play yeah, acoustic car. Don't be car. putting on be, some sort of be, right. be whatever. If you love surfing all day long, you'll find a girl who's like obsessed with going to the beach and watching people surf and loves yes. the air. You'll just find whatever it is, but you have to get that yourself for someone like you to be like, oh, I respect that. Yeah. Or at least be on in that path and on that way and see, and then you'll meet someone there that's kind of like on your, your wavelength. Exactly. Exactly. And then, well, and I didn't think it was ever going to go anywhere. And so we would go to Pancakes and he would drop me off and he would never unbuckle his his safety belt. And so I thought to myself, well, that's just he's not interested because a guy who wants to smooch you. Yeah, you can hear it. He'll just be he'll pull up and he, is this your car? Pull up pop, <laughs> or walk like, to the door or like, it. yeah, make some sort of like this has to go. Ne- he, that's oh, no, not mine. It's that can one. You pull it's yours mine? away. This, yeah. the, the, the face. this is the, for the video for all of it listening on audio. The video. No, it's just too close to the, the camera. Starbucks so. Oh, I thought it was, I don't think it was getting facial yeah, recognition yeah. technology right now. Sorry to interrupt it. It's annoying. No. So she. um so one day, uh, a friend of mine, my 12-step sponsor actually was like, you need to address this because this seems like dating. Because I had made a joke to him. He was on the road. I said, send me pictures from when you're on the road because I have never traveled to that part. And he was doing it. I was like, what? She goes, this Aww. feels like flirting and dating. Yeah. You should address it. It's emotional time. It you're was spending, emotional You're time. spending time together when you're not together. And that's like, well, you care about each other. Right. You're texting. You feel good when he sends you a text yeah. randomly. And so he... Uh, 
pop that that seatbelt one day. And I so said, you have, but you had said something about it. I hadn't said anything. Oh, okay. I was going to chicken out. I was just going to. So he's probably got a guy being like, dude, pop the seatbelt. Like, give her a chance. <laughs> so he probably had his own coaching or a friend. I or, hope so. I don't even know. Even if he, sometimes, sometimes a guy just knows. Or maybe it just takes time. Yeah. You know, maybe I think uh, for a lot of people, when a friendship starts to evolve into something more, it can be scary because it's a risk. It might not go well. And then you risk losing the friendship for a relationship. And that can be a little scary. So I think for men and women, it's like you've got to have a talk with yourself. Like, is this worth the risk? Are we going to take that? That's why, like, a guy wants to, like, white knuckle and just hold on the steering wheel and be like, have a good day. Good to see you. Because he's, like, scared shitless. Because men... As much as, like, sometimes we're smooth, sometimes we're like, don't <laughs> fuck this up, Dave. Don't touch her. Because we've all been, every guy's been rejected when, when we right. just for sure thought this is the time. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. So it's like, it's better almost a little late than a little early. Exactly. But exactly. it sounds like it was. It was perfect right on time. He said, what did he say? He said, well, I, I feel like getting to know people should be easy. And uh, I, we... It's been really easy to get to know you. Do you and date I really... Barack Obama? <laughs> I, apparently, <laughs> you sound like... that's sort of my. Uh, oh wow, I've never gotten into that. That's sort of. Let me see if I can do. I, I usually can do it. I like to date people. I like and yeah. Play a and, uh, that's a uh, the... yeah. So he uh, he said that, and then I, I just blurted out as articulate as as anything. Are these friend hangs or something else? And then he kissed me, and that was it. That was the the super that's romantic great. story. I love that you guys have that moment, and it's. Not well. We were drunk and he fell on me. We kissed. Like yeah, you have a good post. Was it post pancakes or was it post pancakes? So you had, you had continued the pancake tradition. Yes. Well, by wow. that time we switched it up to uh, avocado toast or whatever. Oh yeah, you and, were like, we uh, can't my, can't carbo load. Oh yeah, you said are you gluten free or is that I am? And so it would always we'd doing... have to go to Swingers because they have a gluten free uh, pancake love there. Swingers, mm-hmm. good food. Yeah, I'm a burrito guy at Swingers. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good food there, so you can uh, you can hang out and. So, so you're gonna have to like get married at swingers then. That's hilarious. Not jump, you know that Taco steps. Bell is doing weddings now. I saw this online for like six hundred dollars. They they take care of everything, and you can have your wedding at Taco Bell. I just oh, saw this. That's beautifully trashy. That's <laughs> so, oh, I love. That. I think they have like a bouquet of a uh, hot sauce packet. Now, so oh. he's he's from the Bay Area. He is from Where the are you Bay? from? I don't know where I'm from. from I was born in San Luis Obispo and raised in Northern California, and I've been down in L.A. for the last 10 years. And I actually came down here because I was in love uh, with somebody who was getting his Ph.D., and uh, that relationship, we were together for six years. Wow, long that's time. A, that's a commitment to PhD. Yeah. So, so you were dating him like before he was even like a PhD student. Yeah. Did you yeah. mean college? Yeah, in college. No, I was. We met in our twelve step program. Oh, great! <laughs> that's common, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he uh, he did like he he was just going to school, and he's super smart guy. I have a type, which is. Uh, super smart robot person. That's what I, I want. Data from Star Trek so hard. That's yeah. uh, that's apparently my thing. In a wetsuit, you need in data a w- in a wetsuit. Yes. You get the little thing there. Sounds like this. Great podcast. Somebody said thanks Yay. so much. Hey, I love a good, good positive affirmation uh, uh, uh. here. Um, so, so so you're okay. So this is interesting. So you move for a guy mm-hmm. knowing it's a long investment. What yeah. what what uh. How did, how did that go wrong? I didn't have my own stuff going on. I didn't, I wasn't really a person at the time. I was 20. I was newly clean when we got together and I wasn't, I didn't have my own interests developed. I didn't even have the self-esteem to realize I had dreams 
to live out. And so I was very good at, speaking of codependency, I was very good at pouring myself into sort of the crevices of somebody else's life. into the thing that you're with. Yeah. What they are. And being like a supportive, like a... A supportive beta person. You must know everything about that PhD program. Oh, I used to read his. It's funny. I used to read his papers. I know everything about. He was a a microbiologist with an emphasis of virology. I used to go to his lab and donate blood so they can infect it with HIV and cure it. (laughs) Virology. Virology. Super. Super. Changing the world. Great guy. No, no, amazing. But it sounds like I know exactly what you're talking about because, like, uh, my side gig that I'm getting into, I'm I'm pitching it to her in the shower. I'm like, and this is another thing, and it's like. I feel so bad because as a partner, you have to absorb the passion or whatever right. your person's with. But you have a point. You you have to have your own thing. So you don't just like invest. It's like I always look at it as two trees. You can't have one being a vine on the other. You're just going to suffocate them. Exactly. You're, and if they don't feed you right, you're going to just be di- dead. And it's the- so hard on yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. it, that's no way. You have to find a way to dig yourself out of that self-esteem hole yeah. because it's just us. It's a cliff. And Once it- you go off, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. We have to think of ways where Tasha does uh, modeling predominantly and, and very successful. And she has to go on trips with modeling people or agencies and do things and go to dinner. And I have to be cool with it. And then sometimes I'll have a show or she'll have a thing and we travel with each other. Yeah. She, she did something at Coachella and they're like, hey, come, I get your free ticket. Yeah. All right, I'm there. And then so like we have to we're there for each other, but we also understand or at least need to get good at understanding that, like, we both have to succeed on our own. Yes. And then just share. But, yeah, I, I relate with you talking about not really having your own interests because I feel mm-hmm. like work takes up so much of my time that I end up in my spare time not having, you know, I have, like, a couple of things that I like right. to do but not any other passions outside of work. So I'm curious how you kind of... How discovered your own well i started i started training in martial arts and we we actually did it together but i i was the one who was i i took to it naturally in that that particular uh type of martial arts it was very hard contact i'm not he was this like graceful ballerina dancer looking man just like tall and willowy and all of this stuff and i am a tank and so <laughs> i you kick we, men to the curb oh yeah when we, when we uh <laughs> broke up i i kept doing it for a long time and and then but i always loved stand-up i would always listen to stand-up and i i always had an obsession this is so nerdy i always had an obsession with anime and so i would kind of like it while my life wasn't going the way i wanted it to i would sit on my couch and just watch you know 30 hours of just brightly colored seizure robots yeah just forever and so um that is an addictive personality right there yes yes but but a safe thing there is a safe thing and then when we i could never really dig out of the hole in um in the relationship so when we broke up i ended up uh because i i didn't learn well, just out of time. necessity you yeah I ended up in another thing just real fast and that person was much more you know have your own life do your own thing oh interesting thing that happened in that relationship he had a stroke while we were having sex what what <laughs> he was How a young was man he? 27 that's okay, scary this is more and more i feel like there is a a, (laughs) no seriously there's something that's going on that people aren't talking about young people having strokes i've been saying that my my, one of my best friends died this year of a stroke and this girl katie may died of a stroke two people in one year and i'm like two 30 year olds like what what, what's going on i met another stranger too who she had had a stroke the previous year she was a young girl did he go to the chiropractor or something no he he had something called an avm and arterial vascular malformation which is this thing in his brain and he he ended up uh 
not going to the hospital for a while. He he went blind. So we we're having sex. Oh, he came. He, it was good he goes sex. blind. Oh my god. Only one hundred. Like one hundred percent goes blind it didn't for about come back? ten minutes. Comes back. You're like the reverse ta- Jesus. You actually. <laughs> I'm just ruining. You actually people. <laughs> gave him like leprosy and blindness. Yeah, that. and then he left to take a final because he was, of course, getting his PhD in a thing. Because I have a type, and um, he goes. He comes back. Patch Adams, just no, one just eye. One eye, and then he lost. He does have permanent ver- vision loss in one of his eyes. Oh my gosh. Um, oh yeah, because if you lose blood flow to any part of your body for long enough, it dies. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. So he. But he, nothing you could have done. It was just he could have been on a jog or something. Yeah, or something. and he went to. It would have happened in. Boy, that would have fucked me up though if I yeah. caused someone blindness. Yeah, that was the other thing. Is so after that because that relationship honestly should have been about a year. The first relationship probably should have been about two years. Second relationship should have been about a year. But you know, I hung in there. I, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I, I'm a, dedicated. I'm afraid of being alone, and so <laughs> so I. Uh, I hung in there and we were together for a while and then we broke up and then everything happened. I started doing therapy. I got this job that I really loved. I started listening because I was lonely. I started listening to podcasts and comedy albums almost constantly. This is several years ago. Yeah, this is several years ago. Early days of podcasts. Yeah, and so he, so uh, over time, uh, my friend, well, actually my 12 step sponsor, she, you know, when somebody says, I like comedy, and you're like, what? What are they about to say? Because they but... might say they might say something. They might say a comedian you hate, right? Yeah, like some, and, like hack. Like I love that guy. And you're like, I, and you're like Ugh, okay. Uh, so he, she, all our boxes checked, and so she bought tickets one day. She bought tickets to all of um, Patton Oswalt's. Uh, he was rec- he was doing shows at the Largo to prep for his album. Mm-hmm. She bought tickets to all of them. Oh my gosh. So we got to watch the evolution of an album from the ma- it's a so master. important to see live comedy, not just like what you see because yeah. what you see on Netflix and all that, it's great and they're getting better at it, but it's like the cutaway shots, they pump mm-hmm. in applause or what. Right. No, no, not necessarily pump in applause, but like they'll cut away and you know that things are doctored. I was showing her someone special recently. I was like, see, they clipped that from a different special because you'll yeah. shoot like, like Louis C.K. just shot seven, like something like five to seven full hours to get his one special right. which is unheard of but if you have the means you do it but anyway yeah to and yeah they're wearing yeah. the same wardrobe but you the can tell time. like oh his shirt's untucked there or That's, like the belt is twisted. yeah there was, some, there was someone's belt i think it was jim gaffigan his belt was off and i was like see they just took that from a different special oh. or different a different taping because it was off but it was like you know whatever t- for time right. for whatever i get you got to make the flow look perfect but when you're in the room you see a heckle you see a guy you see him you see him be a part of the room not right yeah well and i watch it's interesting like joke order is really important to roast battle it's really important well it's really important in your set and you don't realize it i watched him do um he does this joke about pitching porn titles and it, like a pitch meeting but just talking about porn plots and then he goes into this this doc mix stuffins bit about his daughter and because everybody had been so focused on fun porn names they couldn't get into doc mcstuffins without thinking about porn and he's slamming the mic stand against the against the stage going we're in a pornography k-hole focus (laughs) and then he couldn't get the audience to change he goes you know what fuck it i'm moving on and it was such a it was such an instructive moment that like the audience will tell you that they'll inform you what they can do and what they can't do in that moment um, so that's that's how I ended up, and then one day. How I was, soon after that did he get up on stage? Probably about a year. Yeah, you still have to digest. Like, oh, 
Yeah, probably a year. And we just went all over town and watched every show and figured out we didn't have to spend as much money as we were. And you, this doing. was with another girl, you know? Yeah, just. Is she like, still doing stand up? No, she's not even a stand up. She just. Oh, she just appreciates it. Oh, she loves didn't get into stand up with you. Yeah, no, she just loves it. Now, and, what did you study in college? Um, I was an. I actually didn't graduate college. I was an anthropology and then a psychology major great. for about a hundred years. That's amazing. So. That's so great for. I mean, everything's, yeah. good. everything's good for stand up. No matter what you study, it's exactly. going to apply to your life. But do you have like the type of parents that are like, really, you're gonna now you're gonna do this? Oh no, my parents are dead. Oh, everyone's dead. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, it's okay. Look, they, I did my homework. You and did just no, got your, so I got funny. a coffee. I was like, yeah, that's all. I googled you. <laughs> no, it's so funny. My, uh, it's it's a big part of sort of my stand up. I, I have I have a joke where I'm bound and determined to make Parkinson's funny. That's that's my goal. My dad, um, uh, when I was about twelve, my parents split up. And then within about six months, they were both remarried, moved, lived in different places. Mm-hmm. Everything changed all at once. And then my dad was diagnosed with a Parkinson's type illness called multiple systems atrophy. And it, it's what took his life. And he was really tough. This only takes about two years to take people out. He was from 15 to 17. So it was five years. Wow. Yeah. And he, um, he was 57 when he passed. And then my mom, when I was 28, died of a pulmonary embolism. Uh, she just suddenly. I think of uh, the. So yeah, which ones more? I know it's impossible yeah, to great. decide which ones. How do you wrap your head around a slow death and then something that's just an overnight shock? Well, what ended up happening and what pushed me into therapy was my I hadn't worked on any of the grief. I thought I was just like, oh my god, and I was still drinking at the time, and so I was a mess when my dad died, and then when my mom died, a lot of stuff came up about both. That and you I, had just sort of buried and ignored right, and moved on from. Right. And then the dude had just had a stroke and the whole thing, it was just like, it was just, is this my Mort- life mortal- forever? Mortality. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. don't realize this. I mean, you had to mm-hmm. do it early on with your father, but you don't re- like we've dealt with my, my buddy who died of a stroke mm-hmm. this year. And then uh, another friend from New York just randomly like died of a, of a heart, like a heart attack that like, I got a guy I worked with. So I didn't know him that well, yeah. but then you start looking at his family. You started being like, Oh my gosh, just the ripple effect in the community. Right. It's just crazy. Tasha's grandparents. You know, it's it's you start to be like, what am I? What are we even doing? Like, what do we? How do we? You gotta you gotta learn how to cope, which we all do. But it's um, when it's when it's you, it's like it's you start to question everything. Yeah, I don't think people know how to. I think socially, we don't process grief very well. There's no yeah. yeah. It's it's something that people don't like to talk about because right. it makes them uncomfortable. Right. Any sort of loss. I was having this conversation with my best friend last night. Um, that people because they don't know what to say, they just don't say anything. Yeah. And and so we've developed this culture where everybody just sort of buries it. And, right. And we haven't discovered the right way to to address grief. Right. Right. Because we're not practicing it. Exactly. And because I had to really actively practice it, and at the same time, so I become single through you know it, it, through it, it was really therapy that brought up you know I'm still with this person because they had a tragedy and I I'm not happy they're not happy we need to move on so we i i become single in the middle of this and then i have these dating experiences where i got fixed up on a date with a friend a friend of a friend he died two weeks after the day oh my god or actually two days i found out two weeks after i just thought he didn't like me (laughs) i always joke around that that's the best case scenario when you get ghosted is to hope that they died because at least then you know 
and then it, it wasn't that they didn't like you, but I've never heard of that actually right. happening. And then it happened Jeez. again. I went on a date with somebody I knew in a 12 step program and about a month after that date, he died. And so well, initially when I started to write stand up, I was like, okay, so these are the relatable. I wrote two lists. I wrote list of things I think other people can really relate to of premises. And then I wrote a list of things that have only happened to me, but make great stories. And those are really, that's really what my act has become. So there's a ton of death in my act. There's a ton of, uh, just like weird dating. So like how, how do you in your twenties basically only date two people and then you come out on the, there weren't cell phones when I met my ex and now there's Tinder. So I had to learn how to I'm date. I'm listening. Keep talking. I have to plug the thing. Yeah, do but your I'm thing. Still, you guys keep talking. I had to learn how to date online in a crazy way and learn and have all these experiences. And um, so it's it's been fun to kind of bring in the the mortality and the sort of the dark humor to it. The yeah. gallows humor yeah. <laughs> of dating. <laughs> so, so yeah, those are the things that happen. Because, like, you know, we're on your sex podcast. We might as well. <laughs> those things, too. But it's in, and I was single for about four years, and I loved it. If you are struggling with being um, in a relationship or staying out of, like, if you're a serial monogamy person, stay in a relationship or stay out of a relationship so long that you sleep in the middle of your bed like yeah. a starfish just i i said uh, that last night i was like i think we should have separate bedrooms because i really just want to sleep uh, as big as best? i can oh my god like, is this a trap because i'm okay with that <laughs> and, then, and then if one of you left tomorrow you'd sleep on one side and stare at the lonely hole the whole night don't do that sleep yeah. in the middle that's how you survive a breakup you sleep in the middle of that bed and you, you eat cookies you, in the middle of that bed and do you have fun put do you mourn a breakup the way is it as final to you as death? It was for a long time. And, and not even that, just um, friendships. I would hold on to everybody with a death grip. Just like, no, don't leave me, please. Because when you leave, you die. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, just, I had to consciously work through. It was, uh, my sponsor said, you know, you have so many friends and people in your life that you don't have to hold on to everyone like it's the only person who's ever going to love you. You can yeah. let people come in and out. It's going to be okay. You'll survive. And once I figured out how to actively do that, I was it, it changed my friendships. It changed my professional relationships. So it changed were you, everything. Were you not, I don't use, like, like to use the term cling, but were you holding on to your boyfriends in the same regard, like not afraid to let them go? Were they, or, or is that just something where... I'm not really a clingy person per se, but I, I definitely won't go anywhere. I will wait until I'll wait until the relationship is as dead as it could possibly be before. Yeah. I I mean, it's cold zombie. I'll wait till the relationship is just walking. Yeah. Just just, shit's eating it away. It's dead. It's dead. I'm the same way. I don't want, I I don't want to have any second guesses about stuff like that yeah, yeah you want to be 100 percent sure you don't want to like pull the plug on something that maybe has a fighting chance well tasha will walk she'll walk well he no we're talking about two different things here <laughs> uh, friendships you were talking about like f- really feeling like yeah. you're strangling your friendships that's so easy for me i am i'm I feel like people come in and out of your life. Just that's been my experience. Like yeah. it ebbs and flows. People come in and they go out when they no longer serve a purpose. And that's so okay. And sometimes they, it can be tragic and, and you miss them and whatever, right. but it's e- much easier for me to move on oh. from like a friendship that's run its course because yeah. I know that it was true and perfect when it was supposed to be. And, and now, you know, You're I've so found healthy. someone else, 
but in my relationships i do the i opposite yeah I, I never break up with anybody unless it's just like really not working i i will just i'll sit around and be unhappy instead right. of make being the one that's brave enough you don't to make break up change. with guy you would you broke up with me a million times <laughs> <laughs> but i never really threw you out how long when you guys first got together how long did it take for the because i've never i'm one of those people if i break up with you one time that's it I I have I have weighed the options. Yeah, you really made up your mind. Done. What's your sign? I'm a Gemini. Okay, that surprises me. Actually, I, never, I, never I feel know like what that means. What's your rising sign? Ooh, Aquarius. I don't know anything about. I've only met one Aquarius in my entire life. Well, it's two air signs, but both a little Aquarius, a little more on the intellectual side, and then Virgo is the moon. Yes. So that's more grounded. That's more, I think that probably pops out a lot where I'm just like, no, I will. And I got to a point where I would just, even with the sex idiots, I would just cut them for anything. Just no, we're done. You know? And I would, I would do it nicely. I'd just be like, I feel like this has run its course. And so, but, but you say you're serial monogamous. Do you, do you, but you're, you're just not willing to put up with shit because you said you've, you said several of these relationships lasted way longer. Really long time. Well, what, when I started doing therapy, both my therapist and my sponsor get this, this is the weirdest therapy thing. My therapist was like, you need to learn how to have casual sex. You need to learn to a, have a sex life and b not fall in love with every single person you sleep with. Yeah. And that was, that was a thing I actively did. And you learned that or did you, you mean, you tr- like, yeah. well, you have to develop that. You have to because develop the skill. Just the same way that people have to develop the skill of being single because mm-hmm. they have to. So many women I know don't give themselves the time to really develop themselves and their own personalities. They're so wrapped up in right. always searching for someone else and they're missing out on all this amazing quality oh. time, me time for themselves. And that's the year I learned how to bake. I learned how to surf. I learned I you went bungee jumping. You. I did. I did. If anybody, if anybody asked me, especially a, a friend, like a girlfriend, if any anyone asked me to do something regardless of what it was i would say yes i went to bands i had never heard of before i went to see i i did the bungee jumping thing i had no interest in bungee jumping um i just did everything anybody asked me to do because i wanted to find myself and i know that i'm i know that i'm a group kind of a person yeah. let's go do and stuff and it's so important too to be scared and yes. like face your fears. I, I went through the same thing. I went through a phase just like that where I, I made up my mind that I was going to say yes to every invitation mm-hmm. because I can, I have a tendency Except to be a when little I was asking her out. antisocial. Well, but you got to know your limits too. I still, I was appreciating being single. And so I didn't want, and you know, lots of guys were asking me out and I was telling lots of guys no because I wanted me time. Hearts. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I made a point to always say yes. So I did a lot of things that really scared me and, and that was so good for me. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it's really empowering. It's but, really freeing to know that like, oh, your worst fears don't come true when you like decide to go hang out with a group of strangers. Exactly. Does and it take a rock bottom to get there? And by rock bottom, I it's, think so. it's like your own personal bottom, at least your bottom to whatever sort of like energy level you're at. Like, yeah. Do you feel like, like you had nothing to lose by yeah. trying all these things by trying to stand up. I mean, no one does it when they're like, "Hey, I'm on top of the world." It's kind of like Ugh. that's true. You come in, you come into stand up the same way you come into AA. Like this is the last exactly. house on the block. I don't know what to do with this because I had all this creative energy. I what I like to call like unused stand up energy. So I would I have very little filter. And I would just say stuff at work and get in trouble in a board meeting for cracking a joke. Or I would, I would always just kind of be talking to a client 
and I would say something and they would just fall over laughing or I'd be in therapy. And my therapist, one time we were leaving my therapist, another therapist is coming out of the office and he goes, I don't know what you two are doing in there, but it sounds like fun. (laughs) And so like, I just had all this unused comedic energy. And so when I did it, I, I remember calling my sponsor and going, okay, so this is the thing. This is the thing I should have been doing all this time. And I just poured all of it, just all my time. I stopped doing martial arts. I just poured all of my energy into getting good at stand up because I didn't want to just do it. I looked around. I was like, I'm 32 years old. Everybody around me is 21 and they're better than me. What do I need to do? So I just started to really to, put yourself on the fast track. It's not yeah. necessarily a young man's game, but it does come off that way in some regards. Like, well, like if you're, if you're 19 and you're funny, well, I have pe- some experiences to talk about. Exactly. Through. Life experience. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, but they, there is, yeah, I'm the same way where I'm 30, I'm turning 32 and I'm like seeing guys that are literally 22 that are funny and they might have the life experience, but I feel like in some ways they're, they're getting in at like a level where it's like young, fresh, hip, college age. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm never going to compete against that. Just get funny. Just get funny. And maybe I'll be the funniest in, in the next level of things. But also yeah. you can't be what you're not. Yeah. You have to be you. But you have the same thing. Well, I mean, you're, 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 you're like going into castings with girls that are probably barely 18. Yeah. It's you got to so look at these funny. bitches be all excited to like. Well, but it's not even, yeah, it's just, we're on such a different level of, I was again talking with my best friend about this exact thing yesterday that like, I just can't compete. I'm not, I can't pretend to be excited about this dumb casting or this dumb job. <laughs> like I've just got other real life things in my mind. So when you right. see these like fresh 18, 19 year olds oh that are so excited to be there. We made it. You're so green. You've got no idea what you're in for. The cynicism hasn't set in yet. Like how do you, but how do you be the mature older person, but not cynical? Because cynicism, that's bad. Yeah, that, but we all have it. I'm, I just had it in a way. Yeah, like, it is like uh, a gloomy energy that you. There bring was, a, there was a, a. No, I think are you on the broke LA? Are, yeah. were you, are you on it this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great! I'm so congratulations. Thank it's you. a it's a festival of arts. But I have to say, I opened the poster and I saw people on it, and I go, oh. Because I'm like, uh, but I didn't even submit. I didn't know how to. But I'm like, this person, that, and then immediately. It's a free submission, too. I know. And immediately I make it about me. You know what I mean? That's an issue we have. Next year I'm going to message you because that was the first real, that was the first time I felt like I was doing something really big and Do you know what show you're doing? I we'll don't plug it right now. I don't can. know what I last year I was on the earlier show. I might be on the earlier show. It was actually the later show was supposed to be like the more Hachimachi comics, longer sets. But the earlier show was so much fun because I mean, it was a lot of kids that were over. It was really hot and it was a lot of kids that had just taken too much Molly and they needed to rest. <laughs> <laughs> and they were such a good crowd. They were so much fun. You're like, you're like, I made my audience sweat. I fucking yeah, they it. were so and they're sitting on the floor and all the girls, um, I started doing my set and uh, David Rosenberg, speaking of just like people who've just been around for a hundred years, David Rosenberg went up and he just destroyed the room in the way that the he... Connecticut? The guy from Connecticut? Yeah, the okay, one yeah. who's always just yeah, like right, right, talking right, about yeah. guinea pigs in his butt. Like he's doing his thing <laughs> and he has a he has a great set. And then uh, it was just, that actually is my tape I send out is from Broke LA because it was so much fun. So if that you, was this past year? That was that was the previous year. Oh, okay. Or yeah, yeah, those the past year. I don't know anything I about these them. local like festivals until they come, and I'm like, that looks like fun. Where am I? 
you know what I mean? I know, that's pretty I know, submission. I know. I that's my fault. But, that so that's my own shit for looking at it and comparing myself to 95 people Staying, on it. I said this to a friend of mine yesterday, especially after the roast battle thing, because we all, you go into that mindset and you're like, I'm just happy to be a part of the experience. But the, the competitive monster that got you that far is like, bitch, we want to win. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, uh, everyone's kind of experienced a little bit of come down from doing roast battle. And Absolutely. he and I were talking and he was kind of having some trouble looking over the fence at other people's careers and what they're doing with it. And I said, man, at some point we just have to learn to be grateful for what we've been getting, yeah. given and what we didn't get. Yeah. Because what we didn't get is probably not good. You know, like the thing. It wasn't meant to be for you. It just wasn't meant to be. We and don't really talk about our that. successes. We talk about the things we didn't get or what someone right. else got. And it's like, I never talk about the success of my podcast. I always talk about the things I didn't get into. And it's right. like, what am I sending out to the world that I'm not grateful? And I am, but it's, it's something that's a daily reminder to stay in your lane, to not look too far ahead or behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just know that you're getting where you need to go on your own pace. And, yeah. And, you know, it's healthy to have that, to have those breakdowns once in a while to mm-hmm. keep us, to keep us going. But as not when it fucks with you put with yourself our, in check. Yeah. Put yourself in check. Don't. And it's the same thing with like, if you're like, if someone's like, like single and they want a relationship, it's like, don't squeeze the shit out of the relationship. Cause then it's going to run away right. from you. And it's or like, you focus on the wrong thing. Yeah. You've got to be focusing on the positive side of whatever it is. Focus on like how grateful you are that things are happening for you in your own time when you're ready, not before you're ready. In your yeah. industry, it's like the stock market with social media and ours too, but not so yeah. much. It's like you're valued based on a number. It's that like we've, we've quanti- but every- social media has quantified like people's worth in a way that's like you're worth X amount because you have this following right. and, and to a degree it's true on a pay scale, but it's also like you could literally have zero followers and if you're right for something, you're right for something. Or you could have a million and you're running past people with people with 50 times your following because you look because you look like a genuine person, not like a bimbo. In general, not even work related. Everybody on the planet is guilty of comparing themselves to others when they shouldn't. We all have Facebook. We all get on there. We look at people we went to high school with. What are you doing? What are they doing? It's it's not a healthy thing. You've got to really be focused on your own journey. Right. But the industry will like. I'm sure the industry loves you guys as a couple, as a comedy couple. We. I don't think anyone's really noticed it yet, but I, I, I only, feel like they should because he's delightful. I put the pieces together listening to his his bit about you not knowing <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I don't white guy, Spanish. no Spanish, dates a girl who mm-hmm. doesn't know Spanish. A Hispanic girl who doesn't yeah. know Spanish. Yeah, it, which I think it was a hilarious bit. It's a great bit. I was really because we were just over dinner one time, and and he said. He said something, and we were just talking about how he's bilingual, and he's very... He's just one of those people who's brilliant. He just picks up languages and picks up... He just... He's intellectual like that. Mm-hmm. And I failed Spanish about four times before <laughs> giving up. Right. And <laughs> so I... I mentioned to him, like, why do you not do it on stage? Because a lot of people expect me to kind of... To pander a little bit, to do that thing where occasionally I'll have a punchline in Spanish... And I can do a little, I can throw enough slang in there, right, but right. it's just false advertising. It doesn't, it's not who I am. I'm the most whitewashed Mexican Where, where is, uh, is your family from as far as like, uh, like back in the day? In Mexico? Uh, are, you, are, they, are you Mexican? Uh, yeah. My okay. dad is, my dad was Mexican. I think, um, uh, Oaxaca. I okay. I've been there. Um, and my, I, it's weird because I didn't really get a lot of great information from I'm now kind of getting closer to my dad's side of the family, but I didn't have a lot of great information for a while in that regard. Um, 
And then my mom drank a lot and my, my grandmother, who's a therapist, but she's so kooky. Uh, you never know. Like this is a real conversation I had with my grandmother on my mom's side of the family. She said, uh, this last Christmas, she said she didn't eat one day. And I said, well, I'd, I'd like you to go eat. Could you go eat? And she said, uh, well, I did eat. And I go, but did you, you just told me you didn't eat. She goes, well, I said, are you lying to me, grandma? And she goes, well, I lie a lot. But I'm not lying now. And I was like, okay, this is that should be on our family crest. That is I'm from the white side of my family is just like high class grifters. And then my the Mexican side of my family, very, very fun, very sweet. Um, but I'm not particularly close with them. Uh but yeah, my dad uh he was in California forever and ever and he spoke he had his own jazz radio show on our local cool, PBS station. Pulling the smooth <laughs> from your Johnny Coltrane. Exactly. Very that was the best beautiful, smooth voice. People let he was very engaging. People would just gravitate toward him. And my mom sounded and was carried herself like if George Carlin was a lady. Just growly and kind of sarcastic uh, ranty. ranty and nice. she she'd tell you she'd tell you exactly what she thought whether or not it was accurate she would just keep <laughs> talking and as long as she believes it that's all that matters exactly she could convince you so there i have a nice mix from both of them on stage of being like the roast battle stuff i feel is very much my mother and the ability to just you know tell a good story on stage is my dad we i mean i don't want to speak for you but i it's a it's kind of a struggle to to know when the audience is actually on board with you and take it slow in a story. You know, we get, yeah. we get kind of trained to do these two to three, four, five minute sets, nine, 60 second sets, sometimes crazy like audition sets where we just like, boom, got to get the choke out, choke, boom, boom, choke, boom. Choke, and then choke. there's this beauty of silence. And I'm sure like, you know, it's just a, it's just a cool thing when you're, you, when you can have the moment where you're like, look in the audience, like, oh, they're actually all listening because, you know, in so many times it's out of our control. We're at a bar show. I've done shows where the Olympics are on next to me, the gymnastics <laughs> at, the, at the dime bar. I'm trying to do a set and like, I, and I'm like, you know, like we're trying to, we're rooting. We're like, literally the whole country is against me right now. rooting for this thing. Or like, big wings on Monday. Have you been over there? I have. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a, uh, first off, whoever's going to big wings to just hang out. Who are they're just a monster energy drink. <laughs> Some guy almost fought me over there in the parking Why? lot because my buddy Gilbert like fake tackled me or whatever. It was like <laughs> like messing around. And I had like little straps on my backpack and one of the straps like hit this guy's car and it's plastic, so it like it made a loud noise and it, maybe it could have scratched him. This guy got really upset. I'm like, I just I'm not I'm trying. Sorry, <laughs> like, bro. This isn't how i want to get in a fight at Big Wang. And in then Hollywood. he got in his car and went to the Fast and Furious set and yeah. just like drove. I mean, yeah, I mean he probably Probably he he was the type of guy who had like a huge pickup truck like I ba- like I barely you know what I mean but he would have what are that. you doing with that in Los Angeles Wait, exactly there if is no be- room beating for me that. up in a you should have lot. a horse like just being trailered at the, if you have a big truck you should always you be be not, forced to have a horse it had ended babe no yeah. so no hit the refresh because we are recording sorry I, I i was just trying to see no, i'm telling you no, I, I already I know it stopped it. on there but it's recording on the hard on the hard drive so we'll be fine we'll post it after but this is uh a, a, <laughs> this is a normal technical difficulty when <laughs> you're recording on wi-fi but um for those who are listening we will be on the sex actually page on facebook Yay. and youtube on dave neal but um we have to we're at we're almost at an hour i don't want to oh wrap up God. just yet but i want to i know right what do you want to talk like about we didn't even get started i know <laughs> where did we where do you guys want to talk well, what I are we supposed know, to talk I about i want to know what what so what's your strategy six months into a relationship with playing it cool but also like next steps like where are you with that Ooh, that's a great question so i had this because so we're the generation 
that doesn't want to like look crazy, but also like you know you don't shit to get off the pot. Well, okay. So when you're I and I realize this, but like here's where the empathy came in. When you're in your twenties, you don't say I love you ever to anybody, right? And when you're in your 30s, you say I love you to a barista. You don't care. You just want love in your life. You're just pouring it out. You read the secret. You're like, okay, here we go. And so there was a point in our relationship where I knew, I knew going into it, like this is, this is a little different. I haven't felt this way in a very long time, if not ever. It was just really different and in a positive way. And so I could tell, like, we would look at each other. It's just super warm. And I could tell it was there. And I wanted to say it, but I wouldn't say it. So my friends would, who are all, like, really fast to say I love you, they were like, hey, uh, have you said I love you yet? And I'm like, nope. I'm not going to be the person who does it first this time. It never works out for me. And then I ended up writing a Play bit. defense. <laughs> well, I ended up writing a bit about it because I thought it was really funny. And one day we were uh, running mics together. And we did like three mics together and that was my new bit. I have to work this bit out. So I'm going on stage going, saying this <laughs> thing about like how I don't want to lose the, the game of I love you chicken. And I'm saying it in front of him over and over I and over again. <laughs> and it was like over in probably a couple of months happened. And then just recently he dropped a couple of months oh yeah you, he heard that bit yes. wow yeah i feel like that would have put it he does not negotiate with terrorists you know wow. what i mean he's not gonna yeah. and and i and i just waited Good him out him. And, and so we uh he dropped it on me recently so what here's what i've learned okay uh patience is a big deal having your own lives but making time for each other is a big deal but um the the important thing about just being we have our own careers and we do our own thing and uh, we can share some stuff like there was an audition where they needed me to roast somebody and I brought him on a camera for me to roast and then they called us and they were like we want to see him too and so there are moments where you know we can kind of my whole thing is if the relationship is not bettering both people's lives then you got to move on yeah but we haven't when did you guys move in together uh, early we were we were uh, uh we started in february three years ago we moved in uh like nine months later but it was kind of uh you know it starts off like economics like i was like look i'm already living here five nights a week. <laughs> the nights i'm not here you're giving me shit for not being here Do you know, not in a way you know what i mean but like uh but also we were about to travel the- together for like a few weeks uh so i was like i got a buddy who's been living on my couch i can give him my room and be done with that and split her rent she's saving money it's kind of hard to say no when nothing's literally nothing's changing and she's saving half her rent right so we moved in sort of early and um How, what I, does sort of early mean i mean like, eight in nine months i, I don't know okay, what that's, maybe that's but, pretty i mean we had known each other as friends a little bit mm-hmm. so it wasn't a stranger and um i don't know do, do we do we do it too early i thought it was fine it was but a little I'm, I mean, I I don't I guess I have conflicting opinions about that. Like it's so hard to break up when you live together. I feel like it's it forced it her, changes things. I feel very like it quickly. forced her to not play the runaway bride card. Which I so know is I'm she a runaway her. bride lady? Well well she there when we would get in an argument back before she would be like go home <laughs> and i was like i'm here and and that that that, that, but that. that forces her space. get out and, of here and here's the thing I'll, i can speak about tasha because i've gotten to know this lovely lady very well and i'll say this that like you know you can't i'm not the type who's gonna let you put your head in the sand 
until and if, if like I've had to learn. Median will get in your. They'll the the elephant in the room. They will find it. They will stand on it. They'll kick it. They'll throw it, it at and you. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That will address her family, that elephant. Her family will like let her act a certain way or just like not acknowledge it, and they'll be like. Day. And then, and then, or give oh, her the space to feel her feelings yeah. in her time. That's another way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, that sounds like the more positive spin. <laughs> Thank you. I gotta turn your mic off. It's really <laughs> I, no, and I've tried to learn that to be like, all right, she needs time. I'm trying yeah. to solve things right away. She might need an hour. That's batshit crazy to me, but I have to understand that what's right for me isn't what's right for everyone. But I, I still don't speak that language where she doesn't want to fix things right away. How do you not want to fix things right away? We can both feel good right I'm now. I'm just too like high strung of a person i've i feel my feelings to the extreme so and you, you cannot expect me to have mm. like a clear head or like say what i want to say I'll you know take, i'll just go so, i go sign? straight to level 100 taurus uh, we're both taurus i'll take uh, the dog and carry the dog onto her and and, and, <laughs> and like hug each other and be like we love the dog we're holding the dog we love each other like but <laughs> said, my, so all funny. i'm trying to do is be like this isn't what we're arguing about isn't the issue to me i know it's not i know if the pillow hits the floor and she's like babe that's disgusting I'm like well why i just we, we touched and like i'll i'll be rational and defensive and i'll escalate the fight and next thing you know we're not fighting about what's the matter which is we just missed each other we should be hanging out instead we're arguing about something completely irrelevant and now we're still not hanging out have you found that some arguments have just occurred because you probably needed to have sex that sounds to me like the perfect scenario of like oh we should have just had sex reaffirmed like physically emotionally and like chemically that we're connected and by sex you mean quality time together and and quality time and orgasm and all that of course but but showing each other we do device free time sometimes we say we're gonna do it and then we're not yeah. Like I brought the in and out the other night. I was like, I'm going to surprise her. We're going to turn the phones off. I, she's going to be too bloated to want to fuck. Totally. <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean? Like every time, every time we do something out. good, like go to dinner, we, we postponed our Valentine's night because we were both working. So we did it this Sunday. Yeah, we got a big Italian dinner. Like, yeah, yeah, we're cool. Like there's, there isn't a crazy pressure of like how we're supposed to be, but I have to realize Everything I'm doing, I've got this new side job. It's taking a lot of my time. All this stuff I'm doing, it's so I can afford to like have a wife and travel and stuff. And but in the day to mo- day to day moment, she's like, "Babe, we haven't spent time together." Does she right. say it to well, me I like think that? Just like no way. every other person our age, we're so like we're guilty of bringing home our work, mm-hmm. you know, and never really like w- and not being present. You know, you bring home your stress from work. You're still thinking about work. You're still thinking about other things you have to do. You've got to shoot off an email. You want to whatever. Yeah. And and instead of like being present in the moment and really making each other feel valued for the time that you're spending together, I, I don't know. That's that's what I think more about in the yeah. same way as like, oh, maybe you guys just needed to have sex or maybe you just needed to like actually be, be there sleep next to each other something like and that and it's hard for me it's hard for me because we went on a hike the other day a few weeks month ago and in my i'm like counting out loud and she's like babe what are you even doing no, he's counting on his fingers i like look back and i saw like this happening and i was like what guess what i was doing you were, just, just I guess know. do you, I don't do know. you have any idea counting. what i was counting 
You're counting Any... the days since. Or... I was counting. <laughs> I was counting how many mics I had done that week. Oh, how funny! Because in my head, I'm thinking this is all fun. But if I don't get on stage tonight, I'm not getting better. I'm getting but worse. But You're looking at the time. It must fully... have been the afternoon. Because we're yeah, like, it wait. was. Because yeah. I'm used. I'm used to fitting everything in on my own schedule. Now I have to right. worry about someone else, which is great. But in my own head, I used to be able to do 50 times more things because I could just pile on top of my day. Now I have to come home, get my gym clothes, then go out and do that and this and that. So but in my head, why were you doing that? Being fully present in the activity that we're doing together. Totally guilty of that, of course. And and that's where I have to come to the table and realize sometimes I'll come home uh, doing a lottery mic where I don't get on stage and I didn't get to pursue what I want to do and I'm coming home and I'm bringing that rage. And I don't mean like kick the door down rage, but frustration. And I'm bringing that into a perfect home. Right. I need Tasha to – I need to acknowledge it myself, but also I need her to be like, babe, this is what's going on. Because we both know our right. way out of it. But I don't mean to make it like it's her problem. What if what if you had instead of counting on your fingers, what if you had just said, you know, I'm wondering if I got on stage enough this week. I went to this mic and then this mic and then this mic. Is I that a like, conversation you could have? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear about mics. Oh but my yeah, god, they are just, the worst. We, you know, that's just different ways that we think, and it's and it's what 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 we're really doing is you know we need to remember to stay in the moment, and that's like a medi- and to be forgiving thing. too of people who are just wrapped up in their own. You know, sometimes you just need a minute. And yeah. I'm going to say this right now. We're and not and to not like have a defensive sort of response, but just be yeah. like, okay, I'm going to be okay with you having taken a few minutes. I'm going to be okay with the fact that we're not on the same page. And uh, when you're ready, we're here. And, like, it's, you, and it's not a big deal. Are you guys at the stage where like if he books a weekend somewhere, does he ask you like, hey, do you, is it? Like, I got to go do this. Does he, like, just throw no, it by you? Like, no, hey, or just, we, like, let you know? We don't. It, 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 that was actually as close to getting into an argument. It was we needed to talk about scheduling and having spending time together because he would do. I work on the weekends, and the way I go in, it's like a fireman shift. I go in on Friday, and I leave on Sunday. And oh, wow. so, yeah. So, I most you stay of, there? I just live there with those wow. ladies. And and so, he'll kind of call and text kind of in there. And so, he's out doing his weekend stuff. That doesn't usually um, interrupt anything I've got going on. Uh, what we did need to do is figure out, okay, so if that's my schedule and this is your schedule, how do we get this in? And he's still a little more uh last minute about stuff and where i have uh i have stuff happening during the day so i can't just wipe the slate clean all day and you know i and there's also stuff i'd like to do like go to go to the gym and you know send my own emails and stuff and one thing that he does that's really nice is before he'll send it get on his phone he'll say hey i've got to send this email do you mind and just that little thing is just it really helps and so he'll just kind of, you know, and then he'll do that. And Not I'll... wasting the other person's time or taking it for granted. And yeah. that's hard when you live together, spend a lot of time together because, like, of course, we got to do our own things. But also, like, if we're supposed to be watching a show together, if she has to, like, let's pause it and get what you have to get done so yeah. I don't have to rewind it. I, sorry, I make it always about me. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great thing that he does. Like, do you mind if I? That, but that's something you do with strangers, and we forget that the longer we date. He's and that's polite to remember. He's polite on a level in just in his daily life, which is everyone. And in what's remarkable is it does carry into the relationship. He was raised very well. Very well. You can tell. His, you gotta meet him. Would you bring him? Would you, his family? would you bring him on this yes, show together? That'd that be would fun. be great. I'd love to have him separate as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a genius and a nice guy, but like together it would be fun. To yeah, talk. he's such a sweetheart, and he really—I mean—in a lot of ways, he doesn't. Um, 
he doesn't do, I'm talking so much about him, but it's that kind of podcast. He doesn't, uh, there's like stuff he just doesn't do that a lot of other people do. Cause he's very, like, he doesn't, he doesn't eat fast food. He's never had Jack in a box. You know what I mean? He doesn't oh really gosh. watch porn. Like everything in his life is very like organic and kind of, so he's very present and very in he the moment. Yeah. It's and so great for stand up to like be present. Just It really is. And I remember before we ever got together, I was so stressed out. I was doing potluck and I was in the hall getting really nervous. And he said, Hey, all you have to do is just connect with people. That's Pot- all, potluck that's all your job the is. big mic that you do at the comedy store. It's a very big deal. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, no, I mean, and it it's is. the hard, it's so hard in the there. You'll, to get in there. You'll find out if you've been getting away with a joke at a bar gig because it's a bar gig joke, you will find out. You're, on, in the you're OR. standing on Richard Pryor's stage. You're standing on these legends, Robin Williams and all that. And yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's a, so he, he just told you to connect, just with, the connect with the audience. Just connect with the audience. Just real calm and zen about it. And, and on the inside, your blood's racing. You're like, yeah, oh, I'm really, like, jackass? <laughs> That's you it. know, um, but yeah, so that's, and as far as I'm trying to think of argument communication wise, we've both, uh, he's always kind of dated older women. And so his communication level reflects that he's very, he's very good at communicating. We had a moment this morning. It was so funny. Uh, he is really good with sort of topo- uh, topography. I didn't even say that right, but he's good with geography, local geography. He knows exactly where everything is. And I'm just taking him to get his car serviced and he is explaining it to me and I haven't had a cup of coffee. He doesn't even drink coffee. So he doesn't understand my brain is just garbage. And so he's explaining it to me and then he isn't feeling well. So he kind of sounded a little snippy and I, I waited a second. We're driving back and I was like, you know, babe, sometimes I, I, you know, I've lived around LA, but I haven't lived in LA. So I'm not always going to know where things are. And then he said, well, I'm used to giving directions to my mom and she never knows where anything is. And I said, but I'm not your mom. <laughs> yeah. And that's a communication thing. Yeah. It's a simple thing. That's like of no offense to each other. It's just, you're just literally not yeah. receiving what he's sending out. Yeah. And I'm not, I misinterpreted what he said and he misinterpreted why I was asking questions and that's all okay because it's not really an argument. It really doesn't. As soon I as refuse you refuse to fight. Like I just refuse to have huge arguments over dumb stuff. You ever, I mean, you ever, uh, look, I, I can keep asking questions, but we have to cut this off. Like we, you're going to have to come back. Again. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm we're so already, sorry. We, no, no, it's great. It's, we're already way over the thing. Dude, we could talk for hours. Look, here's the thing. Grab the box. So, um, can you grab the box? Oh, the, no, no, uh, do it. Uh, so, oh, we're doing the chocolate. Yeah, I'm going to do five I'm minutes so of this excited. chocolate. So, so from uh, your sponsor, so, right? No, this, so we have a friend, uh, of the Hello. podcast Hello. named Rachel. She listens Bring in co- Australia. Rachel. She's in Queensland, Australia, Queensland. Uh, cut that thing open. Chocolate's um, important. We know she sent us Vegemite, but we're not going to test the Vegemite today um, because that requires toast. And, I've never. Uh, we I'll, don't keep bread in the house. We have but, to go uh, get bread. So, uh, I love that. So here, bust bust it open, and we'll pick one of the chocolates that's gluten friendly or gluten. Oh yeah, I think they probably all are. And then, um, okay, so great. So so she sent us this nice thing. What? She sent us a whole bo- bag of candy. So. What? Um, the, Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, we're Look gonna every episode we're gonna we're gonna test a different one. Okay. So I'll let you what choose what we want. I didn't know it came in a tube. I thought um, it would come in a jar. Uh, I think Gross. these are either British or oh look at that. So that's got kangaroos. What's on that? Furry. It's Cadbury. It, they yeah, make eggs. Well, yeah, Cadbury, but Cadbury doesn't sell any of this in the states. They have they have a kangaroo. Okay. A, that's a dingo, the dog. A wombat. So either we eat that. Okay. Or, um, Tim Tams, I want to hold on to. Well, these are Cadbury, so that's let's let's so, and those are lifesavers. So right. let's 
Let's those take the stuff out. Fruit that, tingles. Fruit tingles. And here we go. The cherry ripe, the big cherry taste. What well, is before, that? before we bite into it, because we'll just trail off, where can people find you and your social media? You can and all find that? me at. Um, at Anna V is fun on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's Anna with two N's. And then you can find me on my website, AnnaValenzuela.com for all my show dates and stuff coming out. And if you want me to come out and tell jokes about killing guys in my vagina, I will do it. Book <laughs> me. Um, and then Make them blind. Yeah. And then uh, just Facebook. Oh, I have a, I have a podcast I need to bring back and it's called 12 questions. You can find that on SoundCloud and it's where I ask people 12 questions from a recovery perspective. Oh, cool. I get good feedback on it. I have not been consistent. So Bring that's why. I was, yeah. I know. I Let's know. Let's go. We'll, 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 uh, this will, we'll get the get life that, support. We'll get yeah, it going. Yeah, this gets the juices going. Yeah, you got it. I mean, you have it such does. a great voice with what oh, you talk about. Thank and you. And you are, I, we, didn't de- we didn't break the ice on who you are. And uh, that's. I felt that, Yeah, I just talked about my boy. What a, oh, God. 75 minutes in, and we got to. <laughs> so, so anyway, find her. You can. The, I Googled you like, to watch her. Um, did we get the. To break the ice? What do you want to know? I don't know. I mean, ask me a fu- ask me a lightning round question. Lightning rounds. Um, I'll answer it fast. What's a good lightning round? Ever have a one night stand? Yes, and sober. Weird. And how to, was that after your therapy? At therapy, yeah. told you. Yeah. So, you, so you're just doing homework at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, why do you have a notepad? It's just this is yeah, class. I, I have to ask figure for this class. Out. Yeah, I've had I've had one night stands. It's fun. It's, it's weird it's, that I'm holding the cherry right. Where do you t- typically find your one night stand? Ooh, well, um, Tinder. Tinder. Oh, that's easy. OkCupid, that kind of thing. So, and most people are down. On yeah. Tinder, right? Like, it's yeah, not... they know what they're about. So but I, for those people who aren't down, who are really looking yeah. for the more serious thing, then where do they go? They need to be on a paid dating site, right? Yeah, they need to go somewhere. Go to, go to what, what is that, Match.com? Go to that? Yeah. Pay um, for it. Yeah, then you'll feel a better respect for it, whatever. Yeah. We didn't yeah. pay for this candy. So, look, for people listening, uh, you guys, the, the <laughs> audience is so great. I know this is a horrible transition, but go find Anna. <laughs> go shoot her a message on her Instagram. We'll, we'll, we'll post a photo on the Sex Action yeah. page. So yeah. any dating questions? I follow can, you guys on Instagram. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So sex actually pod on Instagram. Okay. You can follow us there. We'll tag Anna in our photos, so you can just go there to find her. And then um, sex actually podcast at gmail If you have any questions, send them our way. We'll answer them. We're not therapists, but we'll give you an honest answer. Yeah. We have nothing to gain or lose out of that. Nothing like honest sex help from strangers. And um, all right, what are we going to eat here? That cherry thing that yeah, you have in your hand. We're doing the cherry. cherry right. Split this or there's two. How hungry are you? Do you want your own one? I just want to take bite. your own. Well, your boy, you I know what? your boyfriend's organic, but we'll he'll we'll he'll. Oh whatever. We're gonna go we to talked the... enough about him on this podcast. Uh, all right, get in the picture. Right, so, this is for all right, we're later. taking a photo. Okay, take a photo. All right, so uh, uh, this is for you, Rachel, in Queensland. Thank you so much for sending us this. And let's just do an honest um, let's do an honest review of Cherry Ripe, the big okay. cherry taste. Everyone get a good bite of it. Okay. Let's do a one-bite review. How does it taste after that first bite? Here we go. All right, let's see. Oh, okay. It's chocolate. Oh, go. Oh, I want this. Mm. Mm, it's really good. <gasps> oh, it hits you in a second. Second. Is that coconut in there? Holy mm-hmm. shit! There's coconut. It's really mm. good. Cherry, cherry covered, cherry covered, chocolate covered cherries this and coconut are my two favorite things. And this they're, is they're my favorite bar. thing too. I think when, when look, look at the dog. Like, the dog showed up. <laughs> he heard a rapper. He was like, "Yeah." He's not getting it. I can't. Mm-hmm. Hey, Suavi. So oh my god! Yes. Here comes the big old dog. Oh, does he have a <laughs> question? That's so Hi, funny. Baby. Anyway, so. We'll get out of here. Um, first bite of that. This I want to give delicious. that. As far as a dark, is it dark chocolate covered cherry with coconuts? I gotta um, give that an eight out of ten. 
That's called the the ripe cherry. This is delicious. Cherry ripe. Cherry ripe. Cherry ripe. Give me one more bite. I'm not bringing half of this. All right, everyone. This is the Sex Actually <laughs> podcast. You guys have been great. Anna Valenzuela, thank you so much for being on the show. So much for You're our me first did. person to do a taste testing with us. It's delicious. And it's kind of like ironic. Maybe it's not irony, but the fact that it was like a cherry. Oh, ripe ha. cherry i feel like <laughs> i feel like we just turned into an 80s metal yeah. song like we're all gonna we're <laughs> all gonna ripe cherry <laughs> he just licked mine i'm still gonna eat it <laughs> the ripe cherry that'll be the name of the episode thank you so much rachel for sending these to yes, us all the way from you, australia <laughs> i hope it what, isn't poison um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah uh, tasha courtney uh, at tasha courtney on instagram and at, twitter tasha tv on snapchat boom. um a lot of you guys have been writing me on snapchat telling me that you're listening that makes me so happy send me some more messages um, let me know if you have any questions for us, and we will try and answer them. And hey, look, if you listen from a different part of the world, and for, for some reason, there's literally 90 countries that listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were on a, a dating, a, a men's dating company, like, like retweeted us. So, wow. so like we had like a dude in Shanghai. Hey, if you're from a weird part of the world and you want to send me chocolate, I won't stop you. I love that I gave up He's sugar, sugar and, then, and then they sent me one free thing. And I'm like, it's free. I have to eat it. I'm Irish Catholic. I can't throw mm-hmm. that out. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, thanks again. This is the episode. Sex Actually. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry if we didn't get to all the topics you wanted to talk about. Then, like, hey, woman, we gotta ask you about sex. This thing's been on and recording, but um, for some reason, I lost the connection on my phone, so I had to check the thing. Sorry, I was late.